0: New episode here on the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast as we preview the WNBA season going team by team. We've now got the Indiana Fever up next and on the line to record and talk about their season. I've got Rachel Galligan of Hero Sports and WNBA Insider. Rachel, what are you... Big picture, what are you most looking forward to with this team this season?
1: Man, well... Big question because I think the Fever team, after following them as closely as I've kind of been able to, this is a this is an interesting team on all fronts. I mean, you know, you're you're gonna. We've all heard the common notion of obviously the youth from last year and how young that team was, and how uh, with Kelsey Mitchell and a lot of those players coming in and having to learn the lay of the land um, of the WNBA, the speed, the learning curve, all of those things. You know, we we talked about. at length (laughs) all year. And so I think the biggest thing for me is how does that um, experience from last year with a lot of those rookies translate over to this year now? You you see some changes amongst the roster and obviously the injury of Victoria Vivian hurts them tremendously, but you do have – Pick up, you know, and and Janice Johnson, who um, can hopefully come in and fill that void, um, even though she has been out for the last two seasons. But um, I think the biggest thing with this Indiana roster, you know, we towards the end of the year, they they kind of started clicking. You know, they only won six games, uh, but you know, three of those, I think it was five or six, were towards the end of the year, and and you started to see glimpses of what this team uh, was capable of doing. Um, But at the same time. Does that mean that we can talk about them in playoff contention? I think I, th- I think there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, they're still to be answered, but everything really falls back in line with just the experience standpoint and how is that going to translate to year two.
0: Yeah, and, and sadly, one of the players that won't be able to draw from the, that experience and apply it, as you mentioned, is Victoria Vivians. And, you know, I saw seeing some people make the point on Twitter, which is, is important and I'm glad people are saying is, you know, Yes, talk about Brianna Stewart's injury and it's it's a good time to have that conversation about the need to you know, give these players the to make it more lucrative for them to not play overseas. And, you know, Vivian's (laughs) is someone who can't she shouldn't be left out of that conversation either. I mean, of course she's not at that level yet, but like I I would I haven't seen anyone, you know, disagree with the notion that like this is like a starter on whatever the next good fever team is whenever they get there, like this is a starter for them. And they need that player yeah. on the court, and I think I think something that kind of gets lost too is like, especially with you know the way we're able to follow through social media and stream the games and stuff is like you have to think about the local level of this stuff too. Like, like the team lost an icon, and like they need to like put butts in the seats, and it hurts to not have you know one of your biggest names on the court. Um, okay. what do you, what do you make of um, you know her? Her and Kelsey Mitchell were already one of the top. Three point shooting duos, you know they had, and they they combine to make like four a game. I mean, that's gonna yeah. du- that's gonna double at minimum. Um, but what's the ripple effect gonna be this year for everybody else when they don't get to have that awesome shooter next to them, and how that might kind of shrink the floor and make everything a little bit a little bit tougher on them? Yeah,
1: that's a, that's a great question. And honestly, uh, Victoria did to kind of go back what you said. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about her injury and how much of a blow this is to Indiana Um, now only as a rookie towards the end of the year she showed probably out of anyone else on that fever roster from a rookie standpoint the ability to really rise to the occasion um, and and from a a percentage standpoint was a little more efficient um, than probably say Kelsey Mitchell was we all know Kelsey Mitchell is a high volume shooter she takes a lot of shots to get a lot of her points so a lot of that um, to answer your question I think it's going to fall on Kelsey Mitchell and her ability to become more efficient um, between her shot selection, um, her shot percentage, understanding what's the difference of a really good shot versus a really bad shot. What's a forced shot? Um, are you letting the game come to you? And how the Fever staff and, and players kind of continue to help Mitchell and her development with that. But um, yeah, I that, mean, that duo together I, I don't remember the exact number but i'm pretty sure they broke the favor record in terms of just rookie three point three points per maybe not percentage but makes which is impressive um so the ripple effect i mean you know it's i think it's just gonna look different and i think different is a, a not always a bad thing um and i think you even look at the ripple effect of not having Cappy pondexter and what does that do um you have some core players on the Fever roster that have been a steady anchor, and they showed that last year, and Candice Dupree, who's a 14-year vet, um, and, and just the steady force that she is on the interior, and just as a leader, uh, Natalie Atonwa had a huge breakout year, in my opinion, and just kind of um, not just putting that on Dupree's shoulders as a vet, um, in year four, and just kind of what she was able to do from a consistency standpoint on the glass from a scoring standpoint so those two remaining steady um Achan what hopefully can replicate what she did last year if not can elevate it to another level um but the big question mark is going to be too we haven't even talked about her and we're you know what 10 minutes into this podcast and we haven't talked about um Tierra McCowan and the impact she's going to make so this is just a completely different look of a team even though you have a lot of familiar faces um you're not having a dominant, um, gosh, I mean, WNBA all-star and Kathy Pondexter who um, is going to naturally want to take over moments. moment. Um, so who's going to fill that role in terms of an experience standpoint? Uh, but you also have an interior presence that they've never had before. So I think we're going to see um, a little less pressure on the perimeter. In terms of the, the the need for guard scoring and, and and a little bit more of a presence on the interior between Dupree
0: and Chanua and hopefully McAllen. Yeah, and I, I I do want to get to the front court here. I wanted to a couple more things on Kelsey, who I think is just sure. a really important player. Um, sure. You know, one just like at a league level, you know, it's easy to look at her percentages and like, oh, you know, she wasn't efficient. Like how, you know, she's the number two pick and like Diamond to Shields is so good. Like, did they make a mistake? But like. I mean like Kelsey Mitchell's like breaking defenses as a rookie when she wasn't that efficient I mean nobody else like nobody else had to throw you know you like the players you're throwing a trap at like 30 feet from the rim it, like it's Tarassi and it was her and I mean that you can't like that can't be overstated um I guess I wanted to get one more kind of like you know I guess kind of like some reflections on her rookie year and some like are there areas she was maybe better than you thought? Um. And, and maybe what are like what are the most immediate steps that she needs to take I know you mentioned the efficiency a little bit
1: I, I really I think that her freshman year had to have been challenging from her and I can I can think about that just talking to her and interviewing her and having conversations with her. But it's, it was going to be such a year of growth, as it is with, with any rookie. You know, the learning curve is ridiculous, and the speed of the game, the physicality, all those things that we always hear them speak about. But you're right, out of any other rookie, she was completely thrown into the fire um, from day one. And then from that, her role had to change, where she kind of went off the ball a little bit. Um, when when Pondexter came into the mix. And then it it, it kind of, like, probably had to throw her through a loop a little bit in terms of, well, what's my role with Pondexter here, and how do we play together with the ball in my hands, or am I going to play off the ball? And so that had to be challenging, but at the same time, it probably helped her learn another element of the game, um, playing in a different dynamic. And so I think that um, I really, really admire how Kelsey Mitchell handled that um, I think through watching her through the course of her rookie season. You saw so much more confidence as the year went on. Not necessarily always showing up in a stat sheet, but just showing in um, her demeanor in the court. Um, like you said, what what she does, um, her ability to break people down, and her ability to um, you know get by people and, and, and do what she does is unique to the, the WNBA. It is. She has. She's such a dynamic player that brings such. Um, excitement to the court, uh, I think for me, you know, she just has to stay the course and understand, like, she has the confidence of her coaching staff behind her. You know, Pokey Chapman believes in Kelsey Mitchell. She wants her to be their leading scorer. She wants her to have the ball in her hand. She wants her to take those shots. She has the green light to take those shots, you know, and so um, that has to be, you um, very reassuring for her but I I think the best thing is you know now with the can she can play with the ball in her hands can she play off the ball a little bit different areas of the game um in which she does get her shots that that's the part that I want to really pay attention to the most is um you know the, the shot selection that she takes um and the percentages I feel like sometimes they can be a little bit rushed they can be a little bit forced uh, but she's kind of always been that way, you know, which, which is part of the beauty of the player that she is because she just doesn't have a conscience from it sometimes. But I think in order to see those percentages go up, it comes down to shot selection and, and confidence on the court.
0: Yeah. And, and the the thing with, with the thing with a, with a shooter like that is that, you know, you can't, you can't always try to rationalize it. You know, part of what makes mm-hmm. them great is that they're going to, they're going to take and make the shots that no one else would. And that, even when they right. take them, sometimes you think it's a bad shot. um I'm I'm interested to see, you know, one, one thing with her and and with the team, and this kind of goes in with Vivian's too, is like, you know, she she would dribble down the baseline a lot when she got stuck, and there were a lot of possessions where she was just pounding it for 12 to 15 seconds, and it was like this just can't, this can't be your mm-hmm. team, and you know it's year one, so I'm expecting some of that. I'm expecting that to go down, but. I mean, part of that goes into how they build the roster too, because you know, if especially if Vivian's isn't out there, if they have two or even three players that nobody's gonna guard, you know, she's gonna she might get forced into that again, where she's just you know sent down the baseline and then she's she's looking around at people that teams are leaving open anyway. So you okay. know, hopefully, hopefully some of these players they're surrounding her with, and we'll get to them in a bit, are able to make okay. some of those shots because I mean they need to take. A little bit of that pressure off for her and and another uh-huh. and one last interesting thing with her and maybe you have something to add but um you know the way synergy tracks shots one category is you know you can just like see the shots around the basket and when i did a piece on kelsey's offseason i watched all of them and i noticed she was missing a lot where they were relatively open you know for a pro like you know nobody's directly uh-huh. challenging you the ones that you have to finish and I counted them, and she missed. You know, it was between twenty and twenty-five. So, like, just finishing the ones that you have—that I mean—that's gonna be yeah. a, that's gonna be a big boost yep. for her, and that'll probably help her confidence a lot. But before we get to uh, Absolutely. before we get to the rest of the roster, do you have anything else there on on Kelsey Mitchell? No, I think that's
1: a good point. You know, it, it's she's gonna be a focal point um, every night when going up against opponents, obviously her is going to be talked about every single day in different scouting reports, and so you're right. When she does get those open shots, those open looks, those open opportunities, um, she's got to be able to knock them down, you know. And and, and I think that will naturally improve um, just just through the experience of being in the league. At least you would imagine so. But um, yeah, that's that's the only other thing I wanted to add on that.
0: So so let's go let's let's go to the front court and let's go to the number three pick, Tierra McCowan out of Mississippi State. Um. I think the natural reaction is that, you know, they kind of have, they kind of have the outline now of, of their team. Um, yeah. Mitchell, Vivian's, McCallan, that's a one, three, and a five. Do you, know, do you, do you kind of agree with that assessment? Do you think that's kind of like, is this now like the foundation of something?
1: Definitely. You know, I think you, how could it not be, you know, this is a team that out of any other team in the league can been forced to just be a complete rebuild and that's going to take you know, obviously last year was a complete just rebuild and, and we're still seeing that headed into this year so the outline of it, I, I agree with you on that um, with T.R. McCowan and, and bring, on the interior just brings a presence that I I mean, you, I have to think back to my time watching The Fever, I don't know if they've ever had someone like that on the inside do you remember?
0: No, I mean, it, it, and it's just you know, and I you know, throughout the draft process, you know, I was, I tr- I tried to be cognizant of the fact that, like, I was lower on McCown than everybody else, so I tried to be, I I tried to, you know, really pay attention to what people were saying. Okay, so, like, what am I missing? And, you know, one of the things, one of the things that started to click was me, was, well, I, I, you know, on a defense event I thought of Brittany Griner, and, you know, when she, w- when she w- got the all-defense nod this year, I remember some people were surprised, like, what, like, you know, oh their defensive rating it wasn't that good, but then like you really think about it, it's like, Yeah, but you know, what doesn't show up in your defensive rating is like how many times are players just not gonna try? It's like, Oh yeah, BG's oh. in there tonight, I'm not gonna go. And of course, like oh, yeah. it would of course it would take, you know, TRS some time to get there, but you know, I think that's one of the things is that just like simply being there at her size, like I mean that's just something people are gonna feel. For
1: sure. I mean it's a true She's a true rim protector. Just the size, the physicality, everything about her, even if she doesn't score a point all season, adds tremendous value to the fever roster because now you're trying to find ways to beat, you know, Liz Cambage, wherever she ends up going. God, hopefully she goes somewhere. Um, You know, the Brittany Griner's of the world, Sylvia Fowles of the world. You have this rim protector, like you said, that just protects the paint. And she's been, she's done that her entire career. Uh, but then on the offensive side of stuff, um, it's going to take some time. It's, there's obviously going to be a learning curve from, from the physicality, from the size, her coming from Mississippi State and what she was able to do in the SEC on the interior. Um, but when she gets comfortable in there, you know, and, and she's getting the ball in her hands and she's able to score for herself around the basket from out about, you know, three feet, um, that's going to open up the perimeter for the guard play. You know, it just it just has to. It, it demands it one way or another. Uh, but the offensive side of things—that's the part where you kind of wonder. We, we watched here McCallan, um have complete dominance at the NCAA level, but we've also seen moments where she'll catch it two feet from the basket and we'll throw it over the rim, and that's kind of been my my. I guess if you had to say a knock, I'm a, I'm a really big McCowan fan, but her, her ability to finish around the basket with contact is only going to um, take a bigger hit with just the now being at this level. So I'm curious to see how that translates over, um, how, how her confidence and um, just experience on the court translate with that. But, I mean, even today, you know, we're recording this not long after the Fever and Sky played each other. Fever- Ended up on top, sixty nine fifty eight. 58 McCowan got some valuable time, right, at about 16 minutes. Um, you know, went one for four from the free throw line, which is a little bit unusual for her. But you have to admit, there's probably just a lot of head spinning and all sorts of stuff. But she pulls down eight rebounds, in 16 minutes. So that's the element of this, too, of just sheer rim protection and securing the basketball that she is going to bring. And that is just um, a huge shot in the arm for this Fever roster.
0: Yeah, I, I think the and I think the rebounding is going to be important if 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 she can really control the glass in year 1, I think that's kind of one of the ways for them to kind of take a step up with their offense because if they can run, that's when Kelsey can really terrorize opponents and that's where she can get into a lot easier yep. pull-up threes and on the offensive end, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed to the finishing. It you know there were there were t- you know, there were times I was, I was wondering if how much that was going to come up because, you know, it's like you point well, to... Well, it, has, f- it hasn't
1: been talked about a lot. It just yeah. hasn't. Um, but you know me, I'll just say things and then everybody will hate me for it, so...
0: <laughs> no, I mean, because, like, you can't just, like... You know, people just, like, point to the field goal percentage and, like, it's dumb. Down- it's like, yeah, everybody in colleges, like, all the top players have those numbers. Um, yeah. And she seemed to... And, pe- like, for whatever reason, people seem to assume... Some of her numbers carried a little more water, whereas somebody like Kalani Brown, who I was much higher as on as a five prospect, I mean, she's just a much better offensive player at this stage. And obviously, the hope is that she's going to McCowan's going to improve there. But it's you know, I don't think people can just say like, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, right. What What do you? I mean, what do you think when when the fever have to get into the half court when McCowan and Kelsey in particular are on the court together? I mean, what what kind of stuff do you think works for them? Because I mean, obviously, like they're not—I don't think you know—they're not going to have the personnel, especially that Vivian's, to be just a spread pick and roll team. And I'm not really sure that that's McCowan's game either. I mean, what what kind of stuff do you think is is going to work to help uh, to help McCowan kind of find her to find a kind some stuff for her to lean on right away? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I, I'm curious to see kind of what the vision is. Um with Pokey and the staff in terms of how they want to use her. You know, do they – I think it would be shocking to not try and make her some form of a focal point of the offense in one way or another because it is going to open up um, your perimeter game. It is going to take pressure off of Kelsey Mitchell. I I don't anticipate that she's just going to be thrown in there as primarily, oh, I'm going to be a rim protector and rebound. I mean, that's a very – I just think you've missed the boat tremendously on that. I mean, look what look Mississippi State did. McCowan getting a touch, every possession, down the floor, whether she shot it or not, was why they had so much success for as long as they did. Now, again, we're talking a completely different level, all sorts of things. But I think, like you said, I, I don't see... Like, the pick-and-roll stuff, I agree with you on that. Um, that's hard to kind of wrap your mind around. Um, but, if, but if you can get the ball into her and then play off of that. One of my biggest knocks on fever offensively last year was there were so many moments where they would come down in the half court and it was very much helter skelter. What are we doing? What are, what are we running? What actions are we looking for? It was a lot of just kind of running around and it sounds blunt, but I'm just being honest. Um, And a lot of that, I think you have to rein that in and bring some order with it. You know, yeah, are they going to run the shot clock down and play in the play, play a four-out one in motion and do all that? No, but you have to find some form of action to get McCowan on the block where, you know, you can occupy the weak side or have her get a touch and, and relocate it to an open shot. I think getting her touches on the block um, is going to be pivotal and finding a way to do that fairly quickly uh, because this is not a very patient Favorite team in terms of the
0: offensive end of the court yeah and at as uh as we record this i was being at aces media day yesterday and i was talking to sugar rogers asking her about you know the parallels of playing with um tina charles to now with asia wilson and of course for the same coach and that's kind of that's kind of a, a combination i'm thinking of where you know you talked about it earlier the idea of getting kelsey off the ball if they can run her off screens and then McCowan yeah. at the same time is using her threat to duck in right away. Something like that, I think, is the interesting thing. Because, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. You know, a lot of times I wasn't sure what they were doing, especially when Kelsey was off the ball, which was a little frustrating because, you know, the idea of her being there is good. But if there aren't any actions or if there aren't anything to really like, put pressure on somebody, you know, they're just going to face guard her. And it's like, okay, you know, she's not going to get the ball and you're not going to get your biggest threat involves to kind of, to kind of puncture the defense. Yep.
1: Yeah. And you would see, um, because of that, you see shot percentages go down and the fever would go through stretches where they didn't get, they didn't, they could, they go through big lulls of not being able to score. And that was because the, the offense in those moments was very helter skelter. So, um, that's a big part of, uh, I think naturally they're going to be a better defensive team, um, <laughs> you know, you could knock the rookies for their defensive ability, whatever. But I, you know, I think it, that naturally will improve. I think it automatically takes a huge jump with uh, McCowan on the interior. But offensively, what we're talking about here, um, I think, helps them make the greatest jump of being able to win more games and, and get themselves at least into a playoff um, p- playoff appearance this year.
0: And, and um, next to McCowan to... Uh, continue with the front court you know if you look at those two spots every team has 80 minutes to go around you know I'm kind of wondering if those 80 just end up for the most part going to the trio of Candice Dupree, Achanwa, and McCowan um, where you know Achanwa plays some center and obviously can play some four and you know the great thing for them with those two is obviously I mean Dupree is an awesome shoot mid-range shooter and has been for a very long time and can yep. still go get you a shot. Like of course, you know, you can argue about whether, you know, what where you want her in a team's hierarchy, but like, you know what? Like every team needs that whatever you want to call it, secondary third person. Like the ball's going to okay. find you and you just if you're going to be good, like that person has to be able to do stuff. And then Chama uh-huh. really emerged with her mid-range shot. If that continues and maybe she even stretches out to 3, I think that gets really interesting. So what what do you make of those two? Um, kind of playing with McCowan and and kind of finding pockets of time for also for them to keep playing together.
1: Yeah, I think there's the versatility there, being able to play a few different lineups um, with Dupree and and Achanwa, I think it's, you're probably asking a lot for Achanwa to become this high volume scorer. I think what she did last year was was perfect. You know, from from both sides of the ball. Like you said, Candace Dupree is. is you could between those two, you could potentially play all three together and just be really big. I mean, that would look interesting. Uh, but I do think that you also have to wonder too: how many minutes can Dupree give you at this point? Um, she, I mean, she looks she looks great. She's been playing really well. Um, but we all would agree, you know, this is a player who's been in the league for many years, and um, so you're you're getting new faces in here and 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 new experiences. So being able to play with with Dupree and the steadiness that she brings to this roster big. But, you know, another person we haven't talked about, and she's not necessarily front court, back court, is is Nigelaini, you know, and and kind of how does that look, too? Because, you know, you bring in a a really athletic player that's as versatile as they come. So between those four, um, where those minutes come from, how they're all played together, um, I'm really curious to see kind of what the vision with that. And it could be something where, like, McCowan – doesn't start this year you know she could be uh someone who comes in right off the bench as she's continuing to develop as she's continuing to get comfortable in the league um but i wouldn't be surprised too if we see it go, you know get through the season and she's she's playing more minutes and she is starting i just think there's a, there's so many question marks to um still yet to be answered uh, with those lineups in particular
0: yeah and i'm not i'm not gonna get too caught up in the starting either. Um... You know, I, I it's I I do hope that they maximize her time to play against Fowles, Griner, and Cambage if she's if, if she's playing. You know, it'll be very disappointing if they don't at least do that. But yeah, I mean the other matchups, you understand I mean, it'll be very fluid and and um you know, going going to the wing, you brought up Laney. I think, you know, we talked about them running. That's you know, that's a really good fit there. That's somebody that's gonna keep up if if Kelsey Mitchell gets to Push the ball more in transition. I think they you know, kind of their yep. top, their top three names of Tiffany Mitchell, Shanice Johnson, and Laney, They all kind of make sense in that role, but it, yeah. you know, and it to some to some degree though. You know, isn't it gonna? It's really gonna come down to like, okay, well like which one of those players is gonna make a shot? Because like one of them is gonna have to do that for them to to stay in more games. It is, it
1: is, and it is. I like, looking at the roster. Where, do, where does the scoring come from? You know, I, I, I kind of said it earlier. You're asking a lot for what to give you, you know, 15 every night. she can I think that's amazing. Um, but, you know, who can come in and make shots and kind of eliminate kind of that pressure um, on the wing from, you know, Mitchell in those ways. But, you know, like, like as, while we're here, we might as well talk about it. Where, where the scoring came from today, you know, we saw a lot of balanced scoring, which isn't surprising because – you know it's a preseason game and so you're just trying to play with different lineups you're trying to get everybody on the floor you're trying to get their legs under them just get that experience but um, no shocker that Kelsey Mitchell did lead the fever with 11 points and you know Laney ended up scoring eight she was right behind her so I think Laney could could very well fill that kind of second third scoring role um, and then when, when when the fever made that, sign. I, I, that's kind of the way I looked at it. I thought that's, that's a good addition to this team from a scoring standpoint because I think she has the capability to do it. I think she can take high percentage shots and I think she has the ability to be really efficient.
0: Yeah, I mean and and, and good on Laney for you know, using you know, for first just like creating an opportunity for herself last year in Connecticut and now right. she's put herself in a position to use that as a springboard to you know, now she's with a team that's in a better position to give her more minutes. Um, you know, I think Shanice, it's really, it's interesting. It's, I, you know, it's probably just more because of the FIFA record, but it's kind of easy to kind of set aside, like, the fact that she's played in a lot of important games in her career already. Um, you know, when I... When I and
1: she's, she's proven that she can score. She's, she's a proven right. score, you know, so um, it's just how does she... Sorry, I mean to interrupt you. How does that translate after being out for two years, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean the I mean just, you know, what what's there as as far as the athleticism goes, I mean that's that's going to be so important. I mean her you know, I I rewatched the 2015 finals when I wrote something about her just like okay, let's kind of, you know, get a refresh of what what she was in some big games and, you know, she's a player that she, you know, she really she really it's not just the, the athleticism, but, you know, when she when she gets going, she's powerful she, and she she glides. Um and I think Laney gives them a little bit of that, too. And I think that brings it, brings it to an interesting point to talk about Tiffany Mitchell. This is a big year for her, like going to be a restricted free agent. And it's it's really tough because the shot hasn't developed for her. And competing with those two players, they just have size that she just doesn't have. And I think especially long term for Indiana, like I think, you know, they're going to you're going to I think you're in a position to be predisposed to kind of favor somebody a little bigger as that third player on the perimeter next to Vivian's and Kelsey long-term.
1: Long-term is a great point, but Tiffany Mitchell, I mean, she had a lot on her plate last year with the fever roster and, you know, the green light and, and, and a a needing to score ended up, I think maybe their third leading scorer, correct me if I'm wrong, right? You know, nine a game. So she, she was getting a lot of shots. She was getting a lot of minutes. Uh, I think she was playing about 20, 25 minutes a game, um, and she had some, she had some good games for him. But like you said, from the long term, from a from a length, size standpoint, how does that role change? You know, with Laney and, um But I do think at the same time, you lose Vivian, so there's still going to be opportunity for all three. Uh, it's just, I'm just fascinated with how all this is going to settle in. I think you have, you have more options than what you had last year you have more experience than what you had last year. Um, and I think that's an exciting uh, thing to think about for any coach, for any player, for any Fever fan who's used to, you know, cheering for a, a dominant franchise um, and hoping to get that back to prominence, what it was before. But there's options. There's a lot of different options, and there's a lot of competition in training camp between a lot of these players. Four minutes, four roles. and And that just innately is going to make this team better because they're, they're going to be competing night in
0: and night out for those minutes for those starting roles. Yeah. And I I think this is one of the more interesting rosters in terms of, I think like spots like 10, 11, 12, I think it is like a much bigger mystery who, who really has the leg up on those spots versus virtually every other team. Uh, I kind of wanted to run through some names, um, to that point. Uh, First up front with with Kayla Alexander, you know I, I talked about like you know those eighty minutes I could very well see like those top three players soaking all of them up, you know I, I wonder if there's a place for her to still get minute minutes with this team you know she's on a guaranteed deal I think she can help a lot of teams I think she's you know it'd be great if she was six six but like she can hang a little bit with the uh-huh. true centers because I think what I mean the cost the cost they paid to get her like I think that's important you know they gave up. They got the third rounder back, but they gave up their own second, which became the 13th overall pick. And, like, you know who would really help the Fever right now? And, obviously, it's it's hindsight knowing Vivian's got hurt. But, like, another wing that's, like, skilled and can shoot. And, like, that's yeah. Sophie Cunningham who went in that range, or Bridget Carlton who was still around at that point. So, yeah. you know, as a, te- a team kind of starving for a skilled shooter on their roster, you know, you have to think about what that costs them. And I guess, you know, I wonder... You know, what do you make of kind of spots four through you know five or six on the on the big depth chart and what they could do there?
1: <laughs> I don't even know how to answer it really. I mean, you know, I, I agree with your point on the skilled shooter. Um, I do. That's that's you actually bringing up points that I hadn't necessarily thought as in depth about. Uh, but I don't think it changes anything from the draft board and the the decision they decided to go with McAllen. Um, on the interior and just the impact that, that plays. Um, I don't... Kayla Alexander, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure what role this, she can play on this squad where those minutes come from because with McCowan in there now and, and, and you still have a, a Sean Juan Dupree, um, I don't know. I can see those minutes going down. You know, I can see that not working out. Um, I think you do see, you see a few other guards on there. Um, you know, they did... They did bring in Paris Key, uh, which I, I'm curious your thoughts on her and, and what, how you think her game can translate to the league. I mean, she, she definitely took, you know, the women's basketball world by storm in certain certain um, areas this year and what she can do offensively and just kind of the dynamic player she is. Where, where do you think she falls in line with this roster? Does she have a shot to making it?
0: Well, when I when I did kind of like my prediction predicted depth charts I put out last week, you know, I, I mean, it's just looking at it from, you know, 10,000 feet away, I I think I considered her, like, somebody that should make the roster. I think, like, Erica Wheeler, fittingly, is, like, a pretty, like, similar... There are, like, a lot of lines to draw between them. I mean, you know, really talented, heady, like, smooth pick-and-roll operators. But the big question is, like, all right, like, when they duck under, like, is the shot going to go in? And, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and Wheeler, like... It, she hasn't been like lights out, but like it's you know there's no question like she's a rotation point guard, and I think with what they can do with Kelsey and to get another you know playmaker on the floor, I think it makes sense for you know Key to maybe be that third player, um, mm-hmm. and they can they can kind of get to those two point guard looks to hopefully hopefully help them out on offense.
1: Mhm.
0: Mhm. And going from there, you know the rest of the roster, you know like I said, there's. You know, I think this is like the biggest mystery with the last couple of spots, but it's just I think it's really wide open or that it should be. I I I'd be interested if Kalia Robinson gets a look. You know, I I don't know if you've you heard much on her like in the draft process and maybe how her stock rose or fall rose or fell. But like I think like if like if she, if she made her jump shot for them in, in practice, like I think she's a really interesting player to keep around. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I don't know that I have enough knowledge you know, just on her specifically to know. She's probably, in my mind, one of the biggest question marks, you know. um, I'm probably more apt to look at someone like an Asia Taylor who was given a shot, um, who can do some things, who brings athleticism, who's been in the league, who kind of is that, not not, a veteran, this is her fifth season, but, uh, you know, she brings a level of athleticism to this team, you know, and maybe... Uh, in certain areas from a versatility standpoint where, you know, does does she continue to build off last year and and not getting a ton of time? Um, But, you know, from an offensive standpoint, is she able to get a little bit more confidence? Do I think she played – I actually want to think, you know, I see her as a player someone that can give you eight to ten minutes a game. You know, like like you you said, a rotation player can come in and, and not make mistakes, uh, but, but the biggest question mark with, with Taylor is, can she give them anything on the offensive end of the floor? Um, and, and I think she can. Uh, she's proven that in, in, in certain games in her career. Uh, even, even even in the game against Chicago, I mean, she ends up going three for eight. She was like their third leading scorer. Again, it's preseason game. you got to take it with a grain of salt. But that's a good sign if you're looking for someone in that versatile wing, three, four standpoint to be able to step up and um, – Bring you some scoring that way, so I'm kind of looking at Asia Taylor,
0: wondering, you know, could this be a big year for her? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she certainly has the size and the length to to compete defensively and and um, make a little bit of an impact there. Um, you know, with with the, with the fever, you know, I think it's you know, I think the big thing is just like sticking around longer and more games, and you know, it's it's all connected the mm-hmm. de- the defense, the offense. You know, it just it's it, it all you know, it puts you into feedback loops and, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm interested with, with camp and how things play out. You know, I wonder, I wonder if somebody gets waved or just the players that get cut. I wonder if that ends up shuffling some things around. Cause you know, the fever were on the opposite end of that last year with them waving Marissa Coleman, and her end up and ended up in New York. Um, right. you know, right. maybe, maybe that's a good way for them to maybe add a, add a shooter that they, that they've had their eye on that they didn't get a chance to, to scoop up. Um, but I guess you know to kind of to put a bow on it. I don't know. Just you know the first the first month of the season, first six weeks. You know what what are you what are you really watching for? What are you what are you excited to see uh, from the Fever?
1: I think it's still going to involve a level of patience. You know, there's still going to be growing pains with this team. Um, just as from continuing on from the youth standpoint, um, the lack of experience standpoint. Um, but just a lot of new faces, you know, um, and a loss of such a pivotal aspect of your roster in Vivian's, where, you know, as they started to kind of settle into themselves a little bit last year, she was just such an important cog, if not the cog in that. So it kind of shifts this whole dynamic around, and it's, it, sets you, it sets you a few steps back, just um, the comfort level of everybody playing together and flow. How does this look? Um, and it naturally is going to be... Um, Altered greatly with McAllen in the mix, that changes everything. Do you, do you continue to try and play fast? Well, where does she fit in that? Do you, do you slow it down at times and try to get her really involved in the offense? Um, it's just there's going to be a learning curve um, this first you know month, six weeks. There's going to be some frustrating moments, and I think we're going to see flashes of what this team can do offensively, especially when they get it rolling. Uh, but you kind of said it yourself: the rebounding and defensive aspect has to get better. Um, that's got to be something I would imagine is a focal point uh, in, in camp and their ability to defend, which, as I've said like 15 times on this podcast, immediately goes up with McCown on the interior, depending on how much he plays. But I think that this is this is a team I'm so excited about, the jump they could potentially make this year. We may not see it in the first month, month maybe even two months. Uh, but I think once this this, this team settles in and kind of gets that – that gelling effect of them playing
0: together—I think they can cause some problems. I do. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I think it's you know, it, I think we're both and you know, we're both genuine in saying this. I mean, if if someone came from the future and told me this team's going to go two and thirty-two, I'm still going to want to watch them. You know, Kelsey Mitchell's already in that in, that in that space as just somebody you need to tune in for. McCowan's a lottery pick. You know, Dupree can still can still carry you for stretches, and and you know that. That's that's something worth keeping tabs on. So we'll see how that plays out in terms of the wins and losses. But um, before we wrap up, I wanted to get out of the way and give you a, a chance to tell some people about, um, on top of what you're doing with Hero Sports and WNBA Insider, uh, what you're doing with Go Global Recruiting. Oh,
1: thank you. I mean, not to do that. Um, yeah, I, I, people kind of always probably wonder what all I'm up to. But as much as I cover women's basketball from a media standpoint, my my biggest thing is I do have my own business which is involved around just international recruiting so when I coached college basketball I loved recruiting players from different countries and creating those opportunities and um, it was always a dream of mine to kind of continue to do that just on a bigger scale so I I do have my own business and go global recruiting and I work with the you know division one universities who want to get into that market and like I said I just try to build those relationships, help those players understand what they're getting into in terms of getting over to the States and, and what it means to play on this stage of, of, of American style of basketball. There's a huge um, learning curve in that within itself. And so I just try to be a really good resource for them and their families to help them get prepared for um, a great opportunity that could ultimately really change their lives. So I appreciate you asking about that. But yeah, that's that's, that's what I do
0: yeah well and it's it's important it's important for uh even if you're just a WNBA fan it's something to be talking about and paying attention to i mean look no further than the final four um and look at oregon with satu sabli and her sister niara who didn't play but you know i mean international, yeah. international international player i mean there aren't just players contributing i mean these are these are players that are changing the game i mean um yeah. and they yeah. don't you know they don't just all have to come you know stateside we're we're getting that impact from everywhere um so, if you aren't already, be sure to follow Rachel on Twitter. Uh, especially if the uh, the trade many of us are hoping happens actually comes to fruition, that'll be someone you want to keep tabs on on Twitter. Uh, follow her work at Hero Sports and WNBA Insider. Rachel, thanks for joining the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Ben. Have fun.